TY Skin podcast is being held on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and Aboriginal elders of the other communities who may be here today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to TY Skin for our third episode today. We're going to be talking about skin types, which has been requested by a few people. Um, and it's a really interesting topic. It's really going to be beneficial so everyone can understand, understand their skin type. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about good ingredients and products for each skin type. Yeah. Um, so just want to thank people for using our Google form that we've put up. Um, it really helps us like get an idea of what people want to hear, what people want to like, you know, get clarification on. So thank you everyone. Um, those will be in like the links of the descriptions of our podcast. If you want to, um, request anything else, but yeah, love those anonymous, uh, little responses. They're so great. They're so helpful. So we know we're not just doing topics we want to do, but things that people actually want to know about and learn about. Um, so thought we'll talk about our skin in isolation. We're in lockdown 4.0 recording right now. Um, and as we've experienced three times before, <laughs> our skin changes a lot. I think just from the stress, mask wearing, all of that. So Yanni, how's your skin changed in the last two weeks? Um, just generally speaking, like when I'm stressed, I do get way more oilier and then I like, I suffer from a lot more breakouts. So that's definitely been happening. Um, I'm sure everyone, you know, a lot of people are feeling the same kind of like feeling of like, you know, a bit stressed, you know, unpredictability with lockdowns. Um, and it is really hard obviously on people's like, you know, mental well-being, and then, you know, it comes out on your skin, physical well-being, And it just, it makes me, you know what, it makes me realize more about like, you really need to, like, people need to start speaking about their stress and their lifestyle more when they talk to people about their skin because it affects affects you so much. Absolutely. I feel like stress is such a thing that until it accumulates to the point where you're physically seeing it, sometimes you don't even realise that you're stressed. Like, that's me personally yeah. as well. Especially those, like, mini stresses, like, accumulating and get you get that chronic stress. It's It's hard. You just have to, you know, check in with yourself. But... I'm feeling I'm feeling better now and my skin has gotten like I guess a little bit better now that you know things are starting to ease up now. We've got some good news today about you know easing restrictions so that's really good for us and you know f- for me and Tanea specifically it's good that we can you know start continuing our progress at uni because it's been you know halted um, a lot of times so it's good to see we're back on track I guess. Yes. How about you? How's your skin been? I feel like for me, I any stress, mask wearing, that really stimulates the inflammation in the lower half of my face. So like around my kind of nasolabial fold area, you get like a bit of inflammation there. So that's definitely exacerbated at the moment. I have treated myself <laughs> as I <laughs> always do, especially in lockdown to some new skincare products. Love it. Which has been really fun. I got a new... Um, B serum from ASAP. Um, I was previously using the Aspect B serum. The ASAP one's a little bit cheaper and I actually really have, I've only applied it twice, but I have really enjoyed it. It feels super hydrating. It's a nice gel consistency. So I've actually been loving it. I'm excited to continue using it and see, you know, that's so good. I was literally going to ask you like, what's the skin feel like of it? Cause you've only had it for a little bit, but honestly, like a gel, like a gel, that's really cool. Yeah. It's really nice. Like it just yeah. feels good. And then I got a new moisturizer. So I got the Phytostat 9 from Aspect Doctor, which is like an, it's kind of like an anti-aging moisturizer. So it's got lots of antioxidants. Um, and yeah, it's just got some added benefits in there in that it's super hydrating and for an older skin, but me being kind of having that inflammation at the moment, I thought it would be nice. So I've really enjoyed that one as well. So yeah, I'll keep you updated on how it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. We love to hear like new products and everything. So that was the ASAP and what else? The um, Aspect Doctor Phytostat 9. Nice. That's so good. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, like I've saved like a lot, like, cause you know, we haven't been able to go out and spend, like, I feel like I could, you know, go out and splurge on a little product and try it out, you know? Treat yourself. It's always good. There actually is a new um, product by Dermalogica that I've been seeing on Instagram that I would really love to try. Oh it's, yeah. Let me see what it's called. I think it's. Dermalogica? Yeah, the, it's called a – oh, sorry to interrupt no, you. No. It's – I'm just having a look now. It's called Dermalogica Smart Response Serum. So from mm. what I've seen other people posting about, I think it's one of those ones which is very versatile. So it treats a lot of different things in the skin. So that would be something I'd be super keen to try. It is $211, I just realized. Wow. <laughs> she pricey. Oh, she is. So you're on that like anti-inflammatory uh, train, it sounds like. At the moment I am, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we love that. Which is good. We'll, um, we can speak about that later on when we go through skin typing. Yeah, definitely. So right. skin types, So what, what are they? What categories are there? How do we help with it? What triggers them? How do you know which one you have? So we'll just start by preferencing. So... You are born with your skin type. Throughout your life, your skin type does not change, but your skin condition changes. So you can have any one of the skin types and then within your skin due to external factors, internal factors, lifestyle, all of those kinds of things, different conditions can appear in the skin and your skin can behave differently. But your skin type will always remain the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, there's that really big difference of, like, you know, skin type and skin condition. People tend, like, people can tend to get those mixed up, I guess. It is um, It is confusing. Like, if oh, you, definitely. you know, because your skin can seasonally, day to day, like, your skin can change so much, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then there's, like, you know, difference between, you know, being, being like, dry and then, like, you know, like, lipid dry, for example, there's yeah, that, absolutely. There's that bit of a difference, you know, like what are you doing to your skin? Are you over exfoliating? Do you have an allergy you don't know about? You know, that that's kind of the condition side of it. But we're here to talk about the type. You know, um, like Tanae said, it's something that doesn't really change a lot. Um, but we're here to kind of like, you know, give you some um markers of what you can see in your skin to kind of tell what type of skin type you have. Um, you know, what what positives and negatives they are and like some risk factors for them, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So I think we should start with oily. Oily is a fun one. Oily <laughs> is very fun. I think it gets, um, so oily skin, I, so personally speaking, I have oily skin. I've had oily skin basically my whole life. Um, I, the only time I've never had oily skin is when I was on, isotretinoin so like oral vitamin a and that was just a temporary thing so it was really just altering it for a short amount of time for when i had acne when i was about 20 so three years ago um but it gets a really bad rap of like you know being unclean having a greasy appearance you know um it's it's really marked by you know like large facial pores um that you're shine you get this accumulating shine throughout the day particularly in that t-zone area so the central forehead and nose um, it's associated with acne, um, skin congestion and like thickened skin. So, and, um, um yeah. definitely for people that wear makeup, definitely that kind of, that makeup coming off comes a lot with oily skin. Yeah. So just a bit of like, I guess, biological, like insight to put it into really plain terms. So, um, oil or like more more known as like sebum which is the really like acting part of this um is part of the sebaceous gland and this is attached to our hair follicles and it's attached to what the most superficial part of that hair follicle so follicle so near that entrance and they're really concentrated behind ears on the face upper chest and back and this is like kind of the same distribution people get with acne so um people going through teenagehood um, really get that kind of oiliness more there. Um, naturally oily people obviously get it there. Um, and sebum is kind of this like fluid and it's comprised of things like squalene, wax esters, triglycerides, which are fats, 
uh, free fatty acids, um, cholesterol, um, stuff like that. The cholesterol more or less so, but it's mainly that squalene and that, um, that sebum overall. Absolutely. Well said. Um, so, so yeah, just to go into a bit like with, with sebum and like what it really does for us, it helps with a lot of people hate it and they really try and over exfoliate their skin. Um, but basically the oil that we have in our skin and that sebum, it sits on top of our skin. So the upper layer, which is our epidermis and protects our skin from any oxidative stress. So this oxidative stress that you might get are things from uh, build up from ultraviolet rays from the sun. Um, this can cause then like a breakdown of the skin barrier and then signs of aging. So without that oil on our skin and that sebum, um, we can get that, you know, effect on our skin barrier and then like, you know, show those, uh, show those signs of aging. And that's why you see um, more postmenopausal and like, you know, men in their sixties and seventies, they, they tend to get drier in those older years. Absolutely. And the old wives tale is true that an oilier skin ages better. Yep. And, it, um, and it's because of that oxidative stress, that, that protection from the UV. Yep. And the hydration as well. So your lipids provide you that hydration. So perfectly said with the giving you that barrier strength. Um, and that is the skin's main function is to act as a barrier to the outside world. Yeah. So um, I guess a bit on like, you know, that hydration, it's really important to differentiate that dry skin isn't the opposite of oily skin. So like in, or, or, or greasy skin in a lot of um, like dry skin conditions or cirrhotic skin conditions, sebum production may remains in the normal range of, of, you know, uh, what, it, what se normal sebum production is. So the skin should be to refer to as oily or non-oily when you're referring to sebum content or when you're regarding water content, dry or not dry. So mm -hmm. there's, there's no like, there's no dry opposite of dry is oily. That's not how skin types work. Really. You can be dry and you can be oily. You can be non-dry and you can be oily. Yeah. Well said. Um, I guess some of the undesirable effects of the, oily skin that you know people suffer with a lot is that blocked pores um it provides nourishment to bacteria living on the skin if there's too much oil sitting on the skin which is uh known as c acnes which is the bacteria that you know gives acne that you know that food so it contributes to the acne flare-ups um yeah. it participates in forming comedones so that's the making of blackheads and making of whiteheads um, when I was talking about, you know, the, the, um, the, what makes up sebum, um, that squalene, which is the main part of it is oxidized by UV, uh, which is comedogenic. So comedogenic, you hear that in, you know, uh, beauty or whatever, it means pore blocking basically. Um, and it's co-opted meaning it, um, it runs alongside inflammation. So cause of that oxidization that you get from ultraviolet rays, the squalene uh, in your sebum or your oil releases inflammatory mediators. Um, and interestingly enough, when I was looking at this, if you apply vitamin E to your skin um, regularly as like, you know, an antioxidant, it aids in the reduction of that squalene depletion. So you don't get as much inflammation. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's the thing. I'm sure lots of people have heard this before, but oil loves oil. So using like an oil cleanser or using kind of oil-based products, don't be afraid of them if you're oily because supplementing your skin with that hydration, that oil, then stimulates your skin to produce less oil. Yeah, absolutely. And um, exfoliating is really important, but making sure you're like really regulating that exfoliation. So you're not doing it too much and you don't, you don't want to, you know, get red and raw and, you know, have to deal with, you know, oily skin and now like reactive skin or like sensitive skin. And that's skin. the thing as well. If sometimes if you are over exfoliating and you're stripping the skin, your skin can produce more sebum to uh, make up for that. Yeah. So, so you get that kind of rebound where, you know, your skin's damaged. So it's trying to heal itself. 
yeah, so like harsh cleansers or overwashing the skin to remove that excess sebum can maybe remove the lipids from the stratum corneum, which is our most top layer of the skin. And that can result in that excessive drying Mm -hmm. of the skin. So I know, you know, I know we've all been there, but, you know, speaking from personal experience, I used to, you know, exfoliate with like a physical, like a bead, uh, like cleanser. Like when I, this is when I was a teenager, like three times a week, I would like use like witch hazel to like dry out my oil. And like, I thought that was helping control it, but all it did really was make me irritated to products. And it just made the issue that I had even more complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. So yeah, there's a lot of products that you can use that on a cellular level will reduce that lipid production um, without stripping your skin. So BHAs we spoke about in our ingredients episode, um, they really help to control that sebum production. Vitamin B is non-irritating and will do a similar thing and help with that sebum production. It's one of those things where a lot of um, people make the mistake of going in really hard and really harsh and really fast when you don't need to. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And like, you know, I guess a a really big thing in playing that is that, you know, I used to see those, um, those Clearasil ads as a, as a kid. And you'd see these, you know, celebrities who have obviously been touched up with like no shine on their face. They're completely matte. They're completely like poreless. They're completely, acne free and it's like so obviously so like unattainable and I think we were talking about this the other day the whole dewy skin movement is fantastic like we should all be so happy to have oil flow and to have that shine because it's healthy oh absolutely absolutely it's thank god for the dewy movement I'm all about it yeah one thing I want to say about with oily skin is that don't be afraid to still moisturize your skin you still need to be moisturizing your skin Um, I guess like one thing with, you know, choosing, um, topical treatments, which I'll talk about later is that you want to go for that thinner moisturizer. You want to go for a more serious, you know, more like thin consistency, not, not, not something too thick and, you know, rich. Absolutely. You don't want to be, you know, putting a film or a, like a, an occlusive thing over the skin because you want to let that oil come out of your sebaceous gland and coat the skin. You don't want it to be all kind of blocked underneath there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess just quickly to go through, I guess, risk factors for oily skin, like what, what, who, what type of people are, have a higher like propensity or higher like incidence to uh, be having oily skin. Um, so like men, Uh, or the male sex, um, males tend to have higher sebum output because of that high testosterone levels. So guys will really see that more in those teenage hoods. Um, So even though sebum production does increase during ovulation in women, it's likely secondary to progesterone. Yes. Um, Yeah. So race, race does come into play with oily, uh, with oily skin. In general, uh, Chinese uh, women display notably small pore, smaller pore sizes and lower density, while pe- people, you know, who are African-American or black individuals um, can have enlarged pore sizes that can be attributed to that higher rate of sebum output. So that, like, appearance of those, like, you know, bigger pores around you know, under, uh, on the cheeks, on the nose, on the central forehead, you'll see that way more. Um, humid climate. So, you know, that co-opting of like oily, you know, that production of oily skin and then like sweating from the humid climate can really like, um, exacerbate that oily skin. Um, even though there is, like, I just want to reiterate this, obviously, like, even though there is pessimistic views of, oily skin and sebum it plays such a key role in our barrier and like our innate immunity like Tanea said it's protection that's what our skin's for first and foremost um so with topical treatments um retinoids are really good so vitamin a so just a bit about vitamin a we've talked about it before but basically um the acid receptors within the retinoids 
um, bind to these retinoid X receptors in your body and to the DNA. So this initiates like transcription of genes in your body to repair sun damaged skin and message proteins to repair the skin. So this leads to not knock on effects to our skin cells, our keratinocytes that we call them, um, anti-inflammatory actions and sebum suppression. So, so there's some like derivatives that are better than others for, you know, that oily skin. So things like tretinoin have been reported to reduce pore size, which is co-opted with that sebum production. Um, even niacinamide. So it's still, it's, it's not as uh, greatly studied as um, retinoids, but small studies have found there's a suppression of sebum excretion after that two to four week mark after using them. But the, um, the way it does it, it still needs to be further studied. Um, I guess some considerations for oily skin is, you know, um, so we always talk about sunscreen here. Using sunscreen is really important. If you're going to be, you know, opting for sunscreen, try and go for a mattifying sunscreen, a more thinner consistency. So look for those chemical sunscreens. So avoid things like zinc oxide and titanium dioxide that might sit a bit thicker and a bit more uncomfortable on the skin and create that like pilling or that, you know, that, um, I guess, breakdown of the, um, of the sunscreen and get, you know, you get that, like, uh, that buildup of, um, sunscreen. I get it in like my eyebrows sometimes. Um, do you have any, uh, comments about like treatments at all today with oily skin? Um, I definitely think, yeah, BHAs as well. So salicylic acid can be great because it does have that lipophilic action. So it actually breaks down the sebum within the skin. Um, so that's a great one to use as your exfoliant over an alpha hydroxy acid because it's it's better suited to that oil. Um, yeah, but definitely. yeah, you've covered that really well. Yeah. So like, yeah, so treatments that you could do, I guess, like in – in a clinic setting, things like, you know, like those, like Tanae said, those alpha hydroxy acid peels, even better beta hydroxy acid peels. So salicylic acid, it's going to help with, you know, breaking down that thickening of the skin that a lot of people get with oily skin that's co-opted, um, help with that sebum production, even like vitamin B infusion, do you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like vitamin B infusion with like an ultra, uh, like a sonophoresis. Mm-hmm. is really good yeah with you know, suppressing that sebum and you know controlling it but um yeah like you know because it is a skin type it's gonna be here you know for most of your life like we like i said before you know that mature skin um you know postmenopausal women men hitting their 60s and 70s um they'll see that reduction in sebum but you can always, even, even if they don't have that high production of sebum, you can always tell someone has had oily skin from the size of their pores. Absolutely. So, yeah, we usually do, we usually talk about an easy way to kind of categorize um, an oily skin type is having visible pores past the middle of your eye line. Um, and of course, having that shine at the end of the day, that's a, a major characteristic of an oily skin. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. So, do we want to move on to dry? Yeah, absolutely. Take it away. So, dry skin is kind of you know opposite to oily. In this skin, we usually see like a lack or a less production of sebum, so you don't really get that shine. A lot of people will find they don't actually have visible pores, so these people have a less affinity to developing acne because of that fewer sebum production you don't get that colonization of the bacteria because there's not as as much food in a way for them so sometimes this can be categorized by feeling like feeling dry and tight after cleansing that's a major hallmark um sometimes if skins are dry it can almost look like a little bit of a powdery um appearance on the surface of the skin um feeling like you can't go without moisturizing as well so after you cleanse and as you're going about your day if you're feeling like you need to apply it definitely but yeah not being able to see visible pores or maybe just some on the nose but being inside of that kind of eye line that we just spoke about in terms of oily um 
also that um that feeling of tightness in the skin so you know like it's like express their face you know if they screw their face up or wiggle their nose they'll get that tightness around their nose yeah. um around like the cheek area um Absolutely. the eye the eye area too they'll definitely get that they might see like an accumulation of like you know dry skin like on the outside parts of the face yeah, so these people will be prone to kind of that flaking and that dryness in areas, um, especially if they're not, you know, adhering to a skincare regime, which is supplementing that hydration that they are lacking. So basically these uh, skins are lacking natural moisturising factors. So these are factors that sit in between our skin cells. And a good example of one of these is hyaluronic acid, which is naturally produced by the skin. So the good thing is that it is quite simple to supplement these things into the skin by the use of serums in clinic treatments good quality moisturizers and active ingredients that are going to stimulate the production of these um, components we often find with these skin types um, if they're not kind of adequately looked after through skincare um, that they can have a higher affinity and progression of fine lines the opposite to oily, which we just spoke about. Um, do you have anything to add? Um, I guess with dry skin in terms of like uh, skincare uh, tr- uh, options is like I would really, I guess with cleansers, there's that, you know, option of like a foaming cleanser, a milky cleanser. Um, I would definitely go more towards that like milky consistency cleanser as opposed to like Absolutely. a foaming one because um, foamy cleansers tend to have more surfactants in them as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, those like ceramides and those, you know, hydrating things. So you'll find That's a lot. That's a in... great point. Yeah. So, you'll so find you can a... find every step in your regime can be hydrating, including your cleanser. And the good thing, like an easy thing to remember with those milky cleansers is they aren't as exfoliating. They aren't as stripping, which because of that reduction in um, sebum in this skin type, there isn't a need for that. Um, But in saying that, you still can be a dry skin type and have acne. And in this situation, it's really important to remember that acne is an inflammatory condition. So if you're having that inflammatory component of your breakouts, sometimes being overly dry can stimulate those breakouts. So to reduce the the life of that breakout, make it go away faster, ensure you're not getting any post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So there were those like the pink and brown marks that stay for way longer than the pimple is there. Adequate hydration in the skin aids in that so much. So um, supporting that hydration and that strength and barrier of your skin is very important yeah Um, I guess like on on the topic of like you know dryness and acne is that like there's that big misconception of dry like drying a pimple out and like you know like you know mm. popping it and then like putting like you know a drying like you know lotion on it like you know that Mario Badescu kind of like ointment that they have yes 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 yeah and like doing that and like on broken skin it's like it's it's not gonna work it's it's actually gonna do more harm than good for you Absolutely. And there's so many good things out there now, like those pimple pads, which have salicylic acid and things, they're so much better. They're actually supporting the skin rather than just drying it out. Yeah. Treating like a pimple or treating like, you know, dry, treating like skin types and like managing them. That's the, that's the key thing. Like management, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a 100 meter sprint with helping your skin. You want to, you want to, you want to tend to it. You want to, Make sure you're giving it what it deserves. Absolutely. You're with it for life and you've only got one. So, one yeah. Um, skin. Yeah. Like with, with I guess, uh, skincare, like options, those ser- like looking out for ceramides or things with, you know, ceramides, you know, that QV, those, that CeraVe um, kind of stuff. They, they're pretty rich in that, like, you know, um, nourishing aspect of, um, of skincare, which is what Absolutely. dry, dry people would, Uh, ideally look for and the opposite of what you said before for oily skin wanting to go for a thinner lightweight product this is where having a dry skin type you want to go for something thicker something more occlusive something to trap that hydration and water into the skin and reduce trans epidermal water loss which we've spoken about before trans epidermal 
epidermal water loss is the natural evaporation of water from our skin. So if we're putting a moisturizer on or something thicker, we're really minimizing that and that helps keep that hydration in the skin. So people that are more likely to have this type of skin type, certain ethnicities, like you said before, um, normally people who are kind of a lighter Fitzpatrick type, so kind of your Fitzpatrick ones and twos, who are people who are quite like blonde and fair. Um, Also, as we age and we have less of a hormonal component to simulate that oil, people can find that they may still be an oily skin type, but you produce less oil. So now your skin condition has changed to more of a dry skin type and we need to be mindful of that as well as we age um women also um, have that higher chance of being a dry skin type because they lack that um high testosterone that men have causing them to have more sebaceous glands and more sebum production yeah um i guess like on that like i guess the opposite of what i was talking about with spring and summer exacerbating oily skin winter and autumn exacerbates dry skin you know like a lot of people you know dehydration yeah dehydration those those hot like egg those hot heaters in front of you those fireplaces that cold wind it gets to you it gets to you a lot you know yeah especially if you know you already have that dry skin type mm-hmm. those yep. those skin types will find that this time of year they really do they can get that flaking they can get that redness you know so extra care at this time of year absolutely yeah definitely so thick like slap that moisturizer on liberally and like you know um i guess with dry skin they might find that you know after a hot shower or just even a you know look lukewarm shower they're going to get that like dryness in their elbows and their knees a lot more so i guess taking particular care with that of like you know getting like a body lotion and you know like helping hydrate that area and give it it needs it's all about management with like skin types definitely totally agree yeah any other um i guess skincare options or skin treatments that um dry skin types can get um so we've spoken about this in our abcs of skincare so our low percentage or weaker kind of alpha hydroxy acid peels um and lactic acid being the main one it's a large molecule size. So when you're coming in to have one of these peels, they actually really increase the hydration of the skin because they bond to water within the skin. So that's a great treatment where you're going to get that exfoliation, you're going to get that brightening, but it's also increasing the hydration as well. So that's a fantastic option. Creamy kind of products like enzyme masks are fantastic. Um, Microdermabrasions are great because it's it's exfoliating but it's stimulating those hydrating factors within the skin once you're um through that kind of re-epithelialization and that healing of the skin that hydration will be increased as well um yeah like you said before that kind of dermal infusion so um any sonophoresis or anything's wonderful as well yeah yeah absolutely I feel like uh, dry skin types will get that more itchiness in the skin too, I feel. Yes. Um, so getting like, you know, like in, like if you, like for me, for example, I get, I get quite dry in my beard area. Um, and I guess that's more of a combination thing. But when, when it does get itchy, you know, it's just your skin's kind of telling you it needs to flake off and you need to, you know, cleanse that area a bit more, you know, take more particular care. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess good segue into our next skin type is combination skin. Combination. So this is our most common skin type, especially in Australia. So many, I think most people are combination. Definitely. So what are some characteristics of our combination skin types? So um, like with oily skin, that accumulation of shine throughout the day in particular areas of the face, but then getting the dryness in other parts of the face. So you might, so these combination type skin people might get that oiliness on their nose, but then they'll have really dry cheeks um, as an example. Um, they're yeah, gonna have... or, not, or not even having really dryness, you know, they just sit somewhere in the middle, getting a little bit of shine in your T-zone. And, you know, it's pretty kind of normal skin type, isn't it? 
it's a fairly normal skin type um in term when 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 I say normal I guess I mean like it's it's one of the more manageable and like less noticed skin types because people see it's it's like norm it's normalized really yeah absolutely it's common um, yeah so yeah like Tanea said it's going to be that like that that I guess a little bit of higher production in sebum or maybe that like slightly lower production in sebum it's that hybrid of um, oily and dry skin. Yeah, so, um, present in different areas of the face. So, you know, everybody does have a T-zone, you know, most commonly that can be t- like top of the forehead between the brows and the nose and then the nose and the chin, that kind of T-shape. Um, so that is probably in this combination skin is more noticeable because there's a better, there's a more of a disparity between that area and then the other areas of the face. Whereas an oilier skin type will experience oil everywhere. A dry skin type won't experience that oil as much throughout the T-zone. So this is the one where you see that disparity more so. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess with treatment options, Um, one thing that like, you know, if you were ever to come into a clinic and get a treatment from like either a dermal clinician or a beauty therapist is that uh, that a combination peel. So we've learned recently today about, you know, like doing that combination of, you know, doing like a salicylic in the T zone, but then doing like a light lactic everywhere else. So you get that hydration in the dry areas, but you get that breaking that sebum suppression and that breakdown of thickened skin in the T zone. For example. Yep. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And both of those um, acids are exfoliating as well. So you're still getting that exfoliation um, all over the whole face. Yeah. Um, yeah, this skin type, if managed correctly, can be, you know, not experiencing either of that excessive oil or excessive dryness. It's kind of sits in the middle. It's kind of easy to manage. They can be suitable for a lot of treatments. Um yeah. yeah, I would um, I would recommend with combination skin is to go um with sunscreen particularly going with that combination of ingredients. So getting a physical and a chemical sunscreen in one. So making sure you're taking note of you know when you're looking at sunscreen, look for that zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, and then you know mixed with um a chemical uh sunscreen. So there's octocrylines and that. And, and it's actually quite common to see that, um, getting that combination because it is the most common type of skin. Yeah, and you um, get a really great, like, coverage and protection when you've got that combination in your product. Yeah, definitely. Um, taking particular care, I guess, with, like, moisturising your dry areas and, like, you know, like, not moisturising as much in your oilier uh, parts of the face. Um going for that like medium consistency. So nothing too like liquidy and serous, but nothing too thick. Mm-hmm. These are people that are going to be, again, um, really suited to those products like your vitamin A's because that helps with both um, the, like your B's, vitamin C's. They're kind of, you know, because they're not really having that excessive sebum or excessive dryness. They're going to be suited to a lot of uh, products that are treating the condition, not the skin type. Um, but, of course, everyone's different. So yeah. both of the products that we've spoken about for oily and dry skin types can be used in those areas if you're experiencing kind of excessive dry or oiliness in those combination skins. I think one thing, that, and that's a really good point, but I think um, – I think one thing a lot of combo skin, combination skin people feel is that they can't regulate their skin and have like an even type of skin type. So I think um, going for those, you know, those, those, those alpha hydroxy acid peels in a clinic, you know, like even doing um, like small, like, you know, small percentages of um, chemical exfoliators at home, um, like the lactic, like the glycolic to help regulate the skin, help regulate, you know, the flaking of the skin and the oiliness of the skin and get it, you know, like get um, as much of a uniform skin as possible. Definitely. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So should we talk about reactive slash sensitized? Absolutely. Okay. So this is probably 
the one where we need to like clear the air the most like I certainly see a lot of people who are like I've got sensitive skin and it's actually quite rare where we do see someone or come across someone who is a true reactive slash sensitized skin so we'll kind of preface like what is a true reactive sensitized skin and then what is a sensitized skin versus sensitive if that makes sense so someone with a true reactive skin type is someone who has a high histamine response in the skin and throughout their whole body so it can be people with allergies people with asthma a lot of the time people who have that reactivity throughout their whole body not just the facial area so similarly they can often be more of that drier skin type as well Um, They can have sensitivity to products, sensitivity to food, certain ingredients. Um, Often this is seen as like a dryness in the skin, like a erythema, redness response as well. So these people do have to be quite careful in what they're using on their skin. So a lot of the time we like to stick to hydrating, nice, gentle ingredients. We don't want to strip the skin. We tend to stay away from harsh exfoliators Um, no really high strength vitamin A's um, because we really you know want to support the skin and not trigger any kind of those type of reactions there's still a lot you can do for them Um, but yeah we do want to avoid um, upsetting that skin so then we see you know a lot of people thinking that they are that skin type but really they are just sensitized from lifestyle factors from skincare use from over exfoliation and that is now a skin condition that we've created by accident so now we need to repair that barrier because often that will come with accidentally disrupting the barrier so introducing a retinol too fast doing a peel that's you know you're not prepped for things like that and so that's something that we can treat and bring the skin back to being its normal state and skin type whereas a reactive skin type will be like that for their whole life i forgot to say as well often these people can um, have a higher predisposition to things like eczema psoriasis other skin conditions that have that inflammatory component to them yeah absolutely everything you've said is so accurate and so true um i get reactive and sensitive skin there needs to be a bit more investigation into the skin because reactivity is fluctuating and it's very diverse in how it presents itself. So speaking from personal experience again, um, I can, I, I have a propensity to have reactive skin because I have, you know, rhinitis. I have that, inf- that I have that high histamine response, like you were saying to So making sure, you know, if you are going to go in for a treatment that does require a bit of downtime and you know you're going to have that redness and a bit of swelling in the skin, make sure you're managing that beforehand and having that conversation with a clinician before coming in. So for me, that management looks like me taking antihistamines, making sure I'm, you know, like I've taken my nasal spray and my, you know, all, all of that stuff and having that conversation with them so that when you do get that response afterwards, a bit of a bit more redness that's than what's more than normal, then they know why. And Absolutely. then it can be managed way, way better. And investigating allergies, making sure that your dermal clinician is super aware of what your, you know, allergies are so that they can steer clear of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything like that. So yes, anti inflammatory products are always gold standard for this. Um skin type sunscreen absolutely uh, for all skin types but for this one so important because we don't want to have that inflammation and that uv breakdown um of the lipids and all of that good stuff in the skin yep um i i would recommend particularly with skincare like things that are going to soothe the skin and like protect the skin so like you said that sunscreen Try and look for sunscreen. There's a lot of sunscreen now, like the Cancer Council, they pair it with vitamin E, um, getting that antioxidant, um, you know, action going, vitamin C to pair with it. Vitamin C, vitamin E and sunscreen are like siblings. They love each other and they want to work with each other 
even though most siblings don't. <laughs> but um, they work. They work very um, in unison. Harmoniously, yeah. Very harmonious. Green tea. Any sort of like green tea extracts are going to help soothe the skin. Aloe vera extracts in products um, are really good. Um, looking out for them in cleansers, even in sunscreens and serums. A lot of like antioxidants, um, like those plant antioxidants, uh, you can see them in a lot of, you know, vitamin C serums. Yeah, and they have a really low irritability irritability profile when they're plant derivatives. So that's a really great thing to look out for as well. Um, yeah, so, are... yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, like, with the investigating um, that I was talking about, you know, like, if someone is over exfoliating and they do have reactive skin, you, there needs to be that kind of, you know, realization that, okay, maybe let's take this a step back, let's take this exfoliation a step back, and let's really focus on how sensitive my skin is, how reactive my skin is. And supporting the skin, absolutely. Yeah, support that skin because the skin is a marathon. It's not a 100-meter race. It's all about nurturing it and making sure your skin is getting the best thing it can because it is there to protect you. Absolutely, and I think that's something that I learned probably a lot later than I should have is you know, nourishing your skin and caring for your skin, not fighting it is the best thing you can do. Like, especially going through things like acne breakouts when you're like, oh my God, I just want this to be gone and over, you know, being upset about your skin, you know, using harsh products on your skin, that is not the way to go. You know, you have to have that positive mindset of looking after yourself, looking after your skin keeping it hydrated, nourishing it, and that's always going to give you better results than stripping it and, you know, damaging it further. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, you know, th- those those uh, chemical exfoliating cleansers, they have their place in a skincare regime, absolutely, but it's all about regulating what you use and making the best decision for yourself. Absolutely, um, and having that, you know, that science-backed, general clinician who's going to give you a prescription to follow that is going to treat your skin yeah um yeah this is one of the one of the skin types that i really recommend um if you think you are a true reactive or a true sensitive um and it's not from you know um it's not from over exfoliating it's like just how you've been for a lot of your life it's really good to, you know, go get that professional help. Go go seek out a dermal clinician. Go seek out uh, a referral and go, go, you know, like um, from personal experience, like, you know, going to see an allergist is really, really important. Seeing those triggers for you innately inside your body and what how your body responds to things, it's going to come up on your skin. If you're allergic to something that you don't know, you know, um, and you're constantly being, it, it's, it's a constant, I guess, I guess, um, aggravator that you don't know that's happening. It can show up on your skin. Absolutely. Your skin is reflecting what's going on inside. So I guess that brings us to treatment options. So my favorite treatment options are hydrating treatments. So like we said, the low level lactic can be great, but also laser genesis. So it's things that are really strengthening that skin. So laser genesis is like a low-level kind of laser treatment where you're bulk heating the skin and that acts to strengthen your collagen, your microvasculature, so it really helps to, yeah, overall give you a strengthen, um, thicken those deeper layers of the skin where you might be experiencing that inflammation and it's really good to help give you that overall glow and everything. And because we're not using chemical exfoliants or anything, we're just using the, the warmth from the laser. It, you, it's got a very low irritability profile, so it's great for those skin types. Yeah, no, absolutely. Laser Gen is really good. And um, like like Tanea said, that vascular component is really important to target with reactive skin because if you're strengthening those, you know, those upper layers of the vasculature, like your capillaries, you're improving your waste removal, you're improving nutrient flow to the skin and you're strengthening and supporting your skin to make sure it's not getting, it, it, it's, it's feeding the skin and it's helping create a baseline level to be helped with. 
Absolutely. Um, LED. healthier tissue. Yep. Yep. LED, incredible for reducing that inflammation, increasing that wound healing capability of the skin. Yeah. Hands down. Especially that red light. (laughs) If I could have an LED every single day, I would. Yeah. They're so good. They are so good at um, basically LED, what it does, it accelerates what's already happening in your skin to support it even quicker. Yeah. So basically it's stimulating your skin cells to produce more energy, which they can use for cellular function, whether that be, you know, waste removal, um, helping reduce inflammation, like basically everything. And that's how it helps with wound healing. It accelerates that. So it's fantastic for absolutely everybody. Definitely. I think um, reactive skin a lot to. Um, you know, if you're someone who wears makeup, um, making sure you're getting rid of your makeup in a, um, in a gentle way. So really try and avoid makeup wipes, PSA for makeup wipes, please try to not use them. Yes. So much alcohol. It's so stripping, so harsh. We do not. And environment, not, not environmentally friendly at all. No. And like, you can just switch to a micellar water. There's so much out there now. Micellar water is fantastic. Yeah. And like, I guess a gentle version of that simple, um, which you can find in places like Priceline, make a really great micellar water and make really great gel cleansers. And they're really gentle on the skin. Um, they're, they're really made for sensitive and reactive skins. Um, so yeah, like when you're getting rid of that makeup, make sure to not rub your skin, you know, don't, don't create that aggravation um, anymore that needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so to conclude, I hope we've given you some good options in terms of skincare, of what suits your skin type and can support your skin type, what to look out for to determine the skin type that you have um, and some treatment options for you in clinic that you can look for. Um, But, of course, consultation is key. And if you are interested further, I always recommend going to see a dermal clinician because they are a wealth of knowledge and can tell you more information on your skin specifically. Absolutely. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, Tanaya. (laughs) So I hope everyone um, has, you know, enjoyed this episode and, you know, gotten something out of it and, you know, gotten a bit of insight in what your skin type is um, and, you know, helping to investigate that further for you. Um, As always, you know, if you're enjoying our podcast, make sure to give us a follow, give us a lovely review. Um, and as always, stay lovely, stay <laughs> supple and stay dewy. We love a dewy queen. <laughs> we love a dewy queen. <laughs> All righty. See you later, Tanea. Bye. Bye.